I don't know about you, but this has been one very busy week. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I am your host, Bob Bierman. I'm so glad. I am so glad that so many of you take the time to listen each and every week. I know for many, and that's why we call this the weekend edition, only hear this program over the weekend on the station you may have. I know there are a few stations that this is just a weekend program, but we're thankful for every opportunity that we have to share with you. Now, today, what I want to do, normally, when I come to the weekend, I try to get away from a lot of what I call the heavy news. And there are a number of news stories that are occurring this week here in the United States and, in fact, all over the world. I normally don't get deep into the news. Today, I'm going to maybe give some highlights on some of the stories you may have missed. Right now, there's an obsession with certain stories. You hear about them every day, every hour, on the 24-hour news cycles and the talk programs. I'll, I'll wait till maybe next week to get into some of those after I see how some things play out over a few days. I'd rather spend the time today really talking about some of the stories that we miss, the things that we don't see, the things that uh, go unnoticed under the surface. It's kind of hard to keep track. It's not like we have two or three or four big things to deal with. There are dozens and dozens of news stories out there, all of which, I don't care where you live, all of which, to some degree or another, have a definite impact on your daily life. We can talk about, quote, the virus and the vaccine mandates and all of this. Been reading some stories on that this week. Also here in the United States, I'm finding some very disturbing stories that I want to address. Just to let you know, some of the things you hear about from time to time are definitely true. I want to begin by talking about where I think we're heading to in terms of these vaccines, which really, in my opinion now, the more I have watched this this story unfold for 20 months, I am more convinced of some things that I suspected, but now I'm convinced. It's becoming increasingly evident that these various governments around the world are using this pandemic to achieve different goals that have nothing at all to do with saving lives. Now, unless these people are totally, totally deceived, living with delusion, it should be obvious to anybody that what we are doing in response to this pandemic here in the United States, especially in Canada, Australia, all over the world, Austria, for example, these lockdowns have never worked. We know that. We know that children are not at real danger at all from COVID-19, unlike what some people would have you believe. Children, in my opinion, should never be taking any of these experimental vaccines, period. They should not be taking them under any circumstance. I don't care what government official says they should 
what so-called experts says they should, there is absolutely no evidence of any benefit to a child taking these vaccines, period. None. Zero. Children's immune systems are an incredible gift from God. And what we have learned outside of a very tiny handful of unfortunate children who are cursed with such things as leukemia, childhood cancer, and other life-threatening diseases, children just breeze through a COVID infection like they would the common cold. So what benefit is giving these vaccines that are not really vaccines to a child? Why should a child's body now be condemned to produce spike proteins to create antibodies that really don't work with any variant of the virus? We do know one thing. All over the world, and they don't like to talk about this, but all over the world, you keep seeing over and over again children having heart issues that children in the past never faced in numbers we have never seen. And we have no idea, we have no clue of what the long-term ramifications are going to be. How many children's lives will be cut short maybe in their 20s, 30s, or 40s, because their parents, thinking they're doing the right thing because the government said to do so, or in fear of keeping their job, their social status, walk their child down to some pharmacy or their pediatrician and had them injected with this experiment. Oh, but Bob, we we got them the Pfizer vaccine. You know, that's the one that's approved. (laughs) We've discussed that before. It's not approved. Permidity is approved. That's a trade name for a vaccine manufactured in Germany with Pfizer's partner, BioNTech. You can't get it yet in the United States. The only vaccine Pfizer is pushing on people in the United States is their emergency use authorization vaccine, which means if you suffer any negative effects whatsoever, You are completely on your own because you signed your rights away when you took the shot. So if you have a severe illness, health issue, or even in some cases, as people I know have had this happen, where they die because of the vaccine, you have nobody to sue, nobody to collect. You have to pay out of your own pocket and take the loss. Yet here in the United States... The morally, spiritually, and I believe intellectually deceived Biden administration is pushing really hard and heavy that somehow these vaccines are going to save the day. How many of you have heard the expression, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? We should already know by now, since the 20th of December, when the first vaccines were given to elderly patients, they are failing to live up to any of their claims. There is one possible claim that shows some possible merit that in some people, not everybody, that perhaps your your symptoms of the disease may be lessened with the vaccine. But we know one thing for certain. The vaccine absolutely does not, none of them, 
I don't care if it's Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, uh, Moderna, the ones that are used here in the United States. There's one thing we know with a certainty. They have not stopped the spread of the virus, period. They just don't do it. You can still have a viral load. You can still contract COVID-19. You can still end up in the hospital. And if not properly treated, you may die. That much we know. That's a certainty. That's not something that is speculative. When people try to imply that I got my vaccine, I, I for months, people have had on Facebook these little frames you put around your picture. I got my vaccine. Will you get yours? My answer, no. I have no desire to be a test rat in a lab on an experimental concoction that has never gone through the normal stringent and sometimes not stringent enough FDA approval process. The entire process for, for example, Pfizer was totally short-circuited The control group that was part of the test ended up being vaccinated anyway to cover up the differential between the control group and the vaccinated group in short order. In other words, we have no way to ever know what the impact of these vaccines will be between the two groups because the two groups have been merged as one fully vaccinated group. Insanity. It's a way that they can lie. It's a way they can cover themselves if these vaccines are failing because they can look at this little tiny scope of data for only a couple of months and then declare everything is fine. This desire to vaccinate children disturbs me deeply because, like I say, children are not at risk from the effects of COVID-19. Now, elderly people, myself, would be included in that group increasingly as each year goes by. I'd be more subject to adverse outcomes from COVID-19 than if I was, let's say, instead of being 67, if I was just six or seven, what risk would I really have? And the idea that, oh, we want to vaccinate the children so, so they don't infect their teachers. Well, that's a load of malarkey too. Because we know We know full well anybody with the vaccine can easily acquire a viral load and spread it just just fine. So what good do the vaccines do? What is the real agenda behind these vaccines? Is it public health and safety? That's what we're being told. Peace and safety, that's what the world is seeking. And then sudden destruction, according to the Bible, will come. I'm going to just give you my opinion, and you are more than welcome to email me. You can curse me out. I don't care. It doesn't hurt my feelings a bit. I've lived long enough not to care what some people think who are just so possessed by an idea that they don't even fully understand. And they've only listened to some of the media here and there, and they think, oh, if I get the vaccine, how many people back in January, February, and March, and April, and May, completely believed, if all I do is get my two Moderna shots, my my two Pfizer shots, or my single Johnson & Johnson shot, that I'm going to be COVID-proof, and I get my entire life back, and all these restrictions of the pandemic for the prior year no longer apply to me. How many people remember back in May, 
President Biden stumbled out to the podium and said, if you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat that again. That's This is how he said it. I repeat, if you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. How many people fell for that line who are tired of these face diapers, tired of being restricted, tired of being limited? How many decided, well, you know, why not? Let me just go ahead and and go ahead and we'll try this and and then I can get my life back and we'll just hope for the best. And how many months later after that big surge of people decided to get the vaccine to eliminate the face mask requirement, how many of those people are still wearing a face mask? My heart breaks when I see people driving by themselves in a car still wearing a face mask. And they have no idea that if they were to get an, what's called a pulse ox meter to put on their, on their fingernail, they might be incredibly surprised how the oxygen level in your blood goes down. Now, I know a year ago when people wearing a face mask was what you had to do, especially last winter in some places, I would put one on. And I guarantee by the time I was walking around a large grocery store, I was getting dizzy. I was in no condition to drive a car for about a good five or 10 minutes till my O2 level resumed and my oxygen level came back up. My CO2 level naturally came down. During that brief amount of time, it caused me to be in a place where I could have caused an accident had I just gotten in the car and drove, even without a face mask because it takes a little time to fully recover when your O2 level has gone down and your CO2 level has risen in your bloodstream. Your reaction time is slower. It's not a healthy place to be. Yet I see people today still walking around in fear. They, they, they put them on. They go in stores. They go into restaurants. That's always been, to me, the funniest thing yet. It doesn't make any logical scientific sense whatsoever. You get out of your car. You put on your face mask. You walk into a restaurant. You're wearing your face mask. You sit down at the table, and then what do you do? You take it off. I guess the viruses only float around at the five or six-foot level above your head. But we do it in blind obedience thinking that we're doing good. We're doing something. And I understand that as a human nature attribution that we want to do the right thing. We, we don't really want to damage ourselves or hurt our communities. Most of us don't. Most of us are not quite that narcissistic. Yet now we have come to this point where even as nations are getting in some parts of the world to 80, 90, and close to 100% vaccination rates, you would think in those countries with those super high vaccination rates, if these things really worked as they promised last year, we would have people living their lives totally normal again. But what's happening? What's happening in Austria? What's happening in Israel? What's happening in, in many nations of the world? The case numbers are rising dramatically, and it's the vaccinated that are coming down with the cases. It's the vaccinated that are now entering the hospital. It's the vaccinated that are dying. So what good did this stuff do? And what is the, I, I always ask this question when somebody says, 
Well, you're you got to be stupid not to get the vaccine, and then, then I'll reply back. Maybe you, th- maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But answer one question: What effect will this vaccine have on my body and my immune system in five years? A lot of doctors, respected doctors, have put their lives, their livelihood, their careers, and their reputations on the line. Many have been fired from their jobs. They have lost privileges in hospitals because they understand something. They have not been bought off by Big Pharma. Who is one of the biggest advocates that everybody in the United States, regardless of age, get vaccinated? It's the Surgeon General appointed, by the way, by President Biden, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. Now, Vivek Murthy is kind of an interesting character. Most people don't know a whole lot about him. He is very well off financially. I mean, extremely well off financially. Why? Because he made his money working for the big pharmaceutical companies. Now he's protecting his investment, or I should say the big pharma companies are getting a return on their investment in him. When I read the story a couple of weeks ago, and I've shared this before, but some of you on the weekend didn't hear this, I just want you to be very clear about something. If you think about children being vaccinated and the idea of now having 5 to 11-year-olds being approved for this vaccination, you got to look at something. The board that made that vote, they had a vote. One abstained and everybody else voted for it. And what really, really torqued me, angered me, concerned me, is how many on that committee had financial ties or had worked for Pfizer. In other words, these are the foxes guarding the hen house. They are looking after their own vested financial interest. And they're the ones making these decisions blindly over money. Remember, the love of money is the root of all evil. And their love of big pharma money is putting our nation and your health at risk. And yet we keep hearing. We keep hearing that we must get vaccinated. You know, the case numbers are going to go up as the winter season approaches. And we just got to get vaccinated. They don't want to talk about those that get sick or die or or have long-term or permanent adverse effects. And I think before it's all said and done, we're going to pay a huge price. Now, I listen and I read a lot of material. In order to do this radio program, I have to spend um, a lot of time away from family. And you'd think now that I'm, quote, semi-retired, I would have time to enjoy certain things in life and not have to live (laughs) on the TV or reading news columns and opinion pieces and digging underneath the surface, even looking for alternative news sites and, and trying to vet them out. There's a lot of hours that go in each day just to prepare one radio program. And I don't mind doing it because I believe that truth is so important in this very deceptive age. And I've always been very careful only to say things that I have finally concluded with absolute certainty to be true and real. I spent a lot of time praying 
saying, Lord, you know, guide my mouth, my tongue, my mind, and my heart when I come before this microphone so I don't say something that is incorrect. And I'm not bragging. Don't take this the wrong way. This is not what I'm trying to do. But I do believe that as I look over the past year, two months going on a year and three months now, of doing this radio program, I feel very certain that everything that I shared with you ended up being the truth. And everything I said a year ago that people thought I was crazy to say are now the facts people accept, especially like the origin of the virus. When I talked last year, even when I just did a weekend radio program only, your weekend show, I said back in April of last year that this virus came out of a lab in Wuhan. I was not buying any of this nonsense that it came out of some kind of a a wet market or a meat market or whatever you want to call it somewhere in Wuhan, China. I never I never could buy that story. Something didn't feel right. If that was the case, then why have we not seen pandemic after pandemic after pandemic over the past, oh, I don't know, 500 years of coronaviruses infecting humans at a high level. It's only when laboratories and the Dr. Fauci types decided to make bioweapons out of this stuff and try to find an antidote for their bioweapons and make money on the patents. That's when all these problems started. SARS-CoV-1 goes back to like 2003, 2004. It wasn't as massive an outbreak because it wasn't as genetically engineered to be as contagious to humans as SARS-CoV-2 is. It's amazing how this so-called naturally occurring bat virus was able to jump species and be more infectious to humans than to bats. That simply doesn't make any sense. Yet we're being told to believe such silliness. And now you've got Dr. Vivek Murphy warning Americans to get vaccinated for the holidays. How many booster shots is this going to take? Three? Five? I think in some nations they're planning to have at least eight doses available to every member of their population. In other words, we know they don't work, and you keep having to come back for more. But the one thing that so many doctors say, and you know, the mainstream media that is bought into whatever Biden says and that administration of bankrupt intellectuals have to pass along, they keep moving the goalpost every night. I mean, they keep picking up the chains and the goalpost, and they keep running down the street and changing the narrative. How many times were we told that if we do the right thing last year, we'd be over it? Okay, if we get through this winter and we do the right thing, by the summer of 2021, it'll be done. Now, if we do the right thing, maybe 2022, maybe 2029, maybe never. I'm afraid, honestly, that a SARS virus now released into the world is with us to stay forever. But I think the more we play with these vaccines, the one thing that is really becoming evident, where did these really bad variants originate? In heavily vaccinated countries. Let me say that again so it's clear. Where did the really bad mutated viruses that are more infectious originate? It appears in the most heavily vaccinated countries. There are many doctors that are beginning to really 
do the study and the statistics and even in the lab, trying to determine if if just the natural course of events with these vaccines is causing the virus to mutate at a more rapid rate. You know, a virus, when it runs out of infectable host or it keeps killing the host, will die. And in time, it won't be anywhere near as bad as it was before. But I really believe that our are jumping in and playing with this stuff, not fully understanding the long-term ramifications, is going to be to our detriment. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I'm beginning to realize something too. Look at the states in the United States. Look at the nations around the world with the highest vaccinated rates. They're the ones that are experiencing the highest case rates, the highest hospitalization rates, and the highest death rates. A year ago, when Florida opened up and Texas started opening up and a few other places, everybody said it would be, you know, mass death and destruction in those those states, like where I live in Florida. Everybody's going to die. It's going to be the worst numbers in the world. You can't do this. You must do this. You must do that. You must lock down. You must stay home. You must lose your job, lose your business, lose your savings, lose it all because we're going to die of a virus if you don't. The states that had the most draconian lockdowns have the worst COVID numbers today. Let me repeat. The states with the most draconian lockdowns have the worst COVID situation today. While the other states are seeing rising numbers here in Florida, the numbers are literally dropping off the chart. Let's go across the ocean to Sweden. Everybody said what Sweden was doing was suicidal and they would kill everybody in the country. It was just irresponsible. Sweden needs to lock down, put on face masks, stay home, close the doors, stay indoors, stay out of the sun, which makes no sense at all. We know vitamin D deficiency is common in virtually every COVID bad outcome whether it's a long-haul COVID event or even death. Vitamin D deficiency. Now, let's be honest. In our highly processed food, we don't get the vitamin D levels we used to get decades ago. And the amount they recommend for a daily dose is a fraction of what the human body really requires or really used to have. So stay indoors. Eat processed fast food that's delivered by DoorDash to your door. That's not a healthy way to live to avoid getting sick. How many people gained weight, became obese during these past 20 months? I know that early on in this pandemic, because of the work that I was doing, before I fully understood the ramifications of what was happening, before my eyes were open, before There were too many facts coming across my computer screen from legitimate sources, and I started questioning the narrative. Listen, we knew in emergency management, the odds of this being from nature were very, very slim. Yet that was the official line on the mainstream media and Dr. Fauci and others. And I really believe that Dr. Fauci was trying to hide the origins of this virus because they knew that all roads 
led to him and his NIH and his funding and his workaround to break the law. And he and his buddies, Ralph Dazak, EcoHealth Alliance, Ralph Barrick, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, all the gain-of-function research buddies were trying to cover their tracks because they did not want to be blamed for a worldwide pandemic. They did not want to be held accountable for the number of people that died in this country and the destruction to the economy on a worldwide basis. But see, as the Satanists always do, they remember those famous li- that famous line that came out of the Clinton administration. Rahm Emanuel once said, never let a good crisis go to waste. I think that many have been anticipating something of this nature happening, whether by design or by accident, for quite a long time. You cannot tell me that Event 201 held in October of 2019 was a mere coincidence, a complete tabletop exercise for dealing with a worldwide killer pandemic. And then we have one. Sometimes I think it came out just a little bit sooner than they anticipated, but it happened. And so what are the nations of the world doing? Locking people down, stripping away their freedoms, demanding vaccine passports, universal IDs, If you say the wrong thing in social media, they want to consider you a criminal. In some places, they come to your house. The police in Australia, you say the wrong thing on social media, the police will be knocking at your door and telling you that you might be breaking the law and you might be arrested for the things that you are saying. We don't need to be vaccinating children. Matter of fact, we don't need to be vaccinating people under a certain age. I'm not going to take it because I do not know the long-term ramifications. There's, there are too many unanswered questions for me personally on both a rational and theological basis. I have two primary reasons that I would not do it for myself. I can't speak for everybody else, but I can say this. It is absolutely insane to vaccinate virtually anybody under the age of 40, let alone maybe even the age of 50, because they recover. They do well, and their natural immunity is not. By the way, I think that Surgeon General Vivek Murthy is lying through his teeth when he says, oh, if you've been infected, get vaccinated too, then you'll have double protection. That's not showing up on this in the data. If anything, you're going to wreck your immune system. I believe the more this stuff goes into your body, the weaker your immune system is going to be. If you've already taken it, don't take a booster. If you haven't taken it, don't. If people rise up and say, no, enough is enough, maybe we might be the only place in the world that survives outside of Sweden. Oh, and the reason I mentioned Sweden... You know, last year they decided not to lock down. They kept the schools open. They uh, didn't make everybody wear a face diaper all around the clock and anywhere they went. They let people go outside. They, in other words, they let people live their lives. 
they admit openly and honestly their biggest mistake was not really protecting the most vulnerable in the nursing homes and the aged community soon enough. But today, you look at the numbers across Europe and you see the numbers rising. And you look at this graph and there's just a flat line near the bottom. That's Sweden. They're not seeing the rise of cases. They're not seeing people dying. They're not seeing the hospitals filled up. Why? Because they let the immune system God gave the human being do its job without without undue interference. And that, to me, speaks volumes. I didn't expect to talk this long on that topic. I actually have other things that I think are even actually more important to share. And I apologize, but maybe you needed to hear that today. Maybe you needed to hear that don't fall for the continual barrage of propaganda. Don't fall for this. I'm I'm thinking there is hope. And the Friday program is always about hope. And I plan on trying to give you that in the next segment. I want to thank all of you that support this ministry. Financially, we buy airtime with it. I'm not a paid employee. There are no employees. There are no stockholders and no investors in truth to ponder. It is just a ministry that God laid upon my heart to add to the other things that I'm doing in my retirement years. I've kind of made a promise to God when I retire to use the time I used to have to use for a job. Thankfully, some of my occupation has been primarily ministry in the past, but in recent years, it had moved away from ministry and had been more secular work. But I made a promise to God that when I retired, that I would give more time back to him in working for his kingdom. And this is just one way to do it. Unfortunately, I'm not able to just personally pay for the airtime. And honestly, I want to increase it. I know I need to get help on this program at some point to make it a better program, a better website, better distribution, and more outlets. And there's so many things happening in the background. I'll talk just a wee bit about it in the next segment. For those that help financially, you don't know how much it means to me. And for those that do, if it seems that I'm taking a little longer to respond because the way the mail is working with my traveling, it sometimes takes about an extra week to catch up to me. So I apologize for that, but I had no choice during at least this time here in Florida. But if you do want to help us out financially, you can do it from the website. There's a support tab. And you can also mail a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the address is in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. One more time. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Beerman. Angelic paychecks coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, you've heard of the angel Gabriel and the angel Michael, but have you heard of the other angels? Do you know that you're an angel or you're supposed to be? That's right. In the Bible, the word for angel in Hebrew is malach, and in Greek, it's uh, angelos. And the thing is that in the Bible, it's not only used of those kind of angels, it's also used of people. John the Baptist is called an angel. And uh, Haggai is called a malach or an angel. Why? Because one who is a messenger of God is an angel. That's what an angel means. In fact, when you say the word evangelist, in the middle of that word is the word angel. When you carry the gospel, the message of God, you're in a sense an angel. And that's true. Now, here's an angelic truth. How do you live like an angel, an angelic life? Well, angels don't get paid on earth. They're, they're working for heaven, not earth. So they never seek to get paid back on earth for what they do. If they seek pay on earth, then they are from earth, but they don't. They're, they're from heaven. And so if you are seeking pay from people and praise and thank you and, and people have to appreciate you, people have to do this back, well, then you're not on assignment from God. But listen, to live an angelic life, stop seeking your praise from men. Seek your praise from God. You're not working for earth. You're working for heaven. Seek your reward from him because you're on staff. Your paycheck is angelic and God has called you to live an angelic life. Seek your reward with him because you're on assignment from heaven. An angel in disguise. Want more? Ask for Earth Angels. Now, feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? We got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphire's Warning Uses Directed. It can revolutionize your walk for victory. And the incredible the mystery of the temple doors all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave the gospel to you. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You can have a great part in the end time harvest around the earth. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct at the nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, live an angelic life, seek your praise from God in Messiah, Haderech, the way. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I am your host, Bob Bierman. You know, during the break, I was thinking, what do I want to get into next on this segment of the program? Went a little long in the first segment, and I really don't want to keep harping on the same stuff over and over again. But there are so many things that must be said. And I want to just take literally a minute or two just to finish out a couple of ideas. We need to go back 20 months ago. I think our memories can be very short. 20 months ago, when I first came out of retirement to go back working in emergency management, 
we were told some very scary numbers regarding this pandemic, this particular disease called COVID-19. We were told to prepare in the United States in the year 2020, by the summer and fall of that year. Millions upon millions of people would die. Let me say that again. The entire world worked off a model from the Imperial College in London that said that if we didn't act immediately, millions upon millions of people would die. And even if we did everything we needed to do, like lockdown and and all the things we ended up doing, staying home to save lives. How many people did that? Stay home, save lives, wear a face mask, save lives, save lives. We were told millions would still die in the United States. But those numbers never materialized. Nothing like what they predicted. Even before we had the mask mandates and everything else, the numbers were not panning out as promised. I've told you before, if you listen during the week, you've heard it, maybe not on the weekend, but I prepared for thousands of people to die in a county where only a handful of people did by the time that thousands were supposed to be dead. Yet they kept up the hype and they kept up the the angst about this and it became a global, global pandemic. And the more despot or more leftist a government was or is, the more controls they tried to put on the public. It, It was so insane last year. In, in Michigan, you could go to a Home Depot store, but you couldn't buy gardening implements or supplies to grow your own food because somehow that was going to create more virus. It made no sense. So many of these rules were arbitrary, capricious, and meaningless. But these governors and mayors in cities like New York and Los Angeles and others, Chicago, they were enjoying this new found power and control over those. They looked at you as just servants to them. They, they forgot that they're really servants to the people they serve. The entire role has been changed. Government now looks as we belong to them. I'll have a story that kind of illuminates that in just a moment. But it was always about control, always about pushing a digital ID. There are those in our government in the United States, in your government in Canada, in Australia, anywhere, that love this idea of population control, global control, a global community where you have the ultra elites on one side and the rest of us that serve them in smaller numbers on the other. And this pandemic was a way to begin that process. And on that, I have no doubt. There was a news story that came out of, the, out of Maine. And I, it, I, I kind of missed it, but it went back to like the 4th of November, right after the election. In Maine, they passed a constitutional amendment to allow people to grow their own food. Now, why would we need that? A hundred years ago in this country, you didn't need a permit or government permission to grow your own food. There's a lot of things you need government permission to do today that were considered human rights just a hundred years ago. But one little piece at a time, we erode away freedom. 
And right now, this pandemic is being used for quite a quantum leap on ripping away freedom and putting you under control. As the World Economic Forum states, it's the Great Reset. They want to reset everything that we know. They want to change the world as we know it. They want everybody to own nothing and be happy and just be a cog in a big machine that serves the ultra-elite, the political class, a social credit system. Listen, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those, and the new meta, all of those things, all of those monstrous tech companies are nothing but tyrants and doing Satan's work. Of course, we use it. I use it. I use it primarily to observe. And occasionally, I'll jump into a political discussion, but I'm, I'm finding I really don't want to get into them. There's no sense in it. I just need to observe what the tyrants are doing when I see friends of mine disappear for a day, a week, or a month because they said something true and Facebook deemed it false or misleading or troublesome or violent or vicious or mean or mean-spirited, it gives me an idea that we are dealing with a Goebbels type from World War II and in the 1930s Germany, control of the media, what you're allowed to say, what you're allowed to think, what you're allowed to do, and they do it with fear. I think America may be, as one of my listeners stated a while back, and also a good friend in another country stated, America is the only, it's the only firewall left. And increasingly, the education system in this country has collapsed that firewall. They've gotten to our children, and they've had decades to do it. And so many people under the age of 30 think socialism sounds good to me. A guaranteed monthly income sounds good to me. A new iPhone or whatever kind of phone you want every so often is good to me. Not having ownership responsibilities sounds good to me. And it's like I, I, I shared earlier this week, I think it was on Tuesday's program, we don't make anything anymore like we used to. The United States, up until not that many years ago, was completely self-sufficient. We didn't need very many imported goods to take care of our own needs. We built our own cars. We built our own electronics. We built our own television sets. We, we did our own farming, mostly family farms, not the industrial farms we see today. We manufactured everything from hardware for our homes to the lumber and everything else and the drywall and the sheetrock. Now, so much of what we need in our our world today is made in China. And now the shipping crisis we have, you know, there, there are cars that are not being put on new car lots. Why? There's a global chip shortage because guess what? We don't make them anymore like we used to. I spent a lot of time in electronics way back in my younger years and still do. And I can remember the fascination of the new integrated circuits that became the computer chips that we know today and how we made them in America. And then one by one, those chips started being made overseas. It was a little cheaper. And our, our cell phones that so many live by, they're none made in the United States. So we become dependent on this global world 
to the point of our own detriment. Let's see if there's a shipping crisis, which we have, we've never had before, and people are saying, well, we just need to spend more money on on upgrading our our port facilities. What What are you talking about? Up until last year, the port system in the United States, including even Long Beach, California, they all worked just fine. We got goods into the United States and it made its way to your stores. But something has changed between the pandemic, uh, government restrictions, people not wanting to work. Throwing money into the ports is not going to fix the problem. We have ports full of, full of stuff. They're stacked many stories high, these containers that have been waiting to get off ships. They finally get on land and they're still sitting there. They're still not getting out. They're still not getting to the stores. And ships, well, we don't know when they're going to come through. And so I, my wife had to take her car to the dealership, and she, we decided to get some tires there. They had a nice sale, and also I wanted to get the proper kind of alignment done. And she said it was like a ghost town on, on the new car lot. They got a lot of used cars, and they have virtually nothing in the showroom. Why? There's no cars out there to sell because they have no chips to finish making the cars. This is part of the global shipping crisis we're facing today. So what do we do going forward? Well, one of my strongest recommendations is you need to become more self-sufficient on certain things. I've learned one thing this week, and it's, it's well, actually these past several weeks. I spend two or three days away from our home in Port St. Lucie. I'm over in Okeechobee, Florida, working on a project. And it's just easier to stay here than doing the back and forth every day. I'm getting to the point that I don't like driving uh, long commutes anymore. And so I just find it easier to be here uh, part of the week in Okeechobee. Matter of fact, that's where this program is being produced. And, and one of the things that I have learned in, in this process, also with gas prices being as high as they are, it's also a money saver. It's increasingly obvious to me that television and a lot of other things that I thought were important are not nearly as important as I used to think they were. I, when I'm here in Okeechobee, I do not have a TV set at all. I have my laptop and I've got uh, my phone. But I really, I don't really watch videos. I just don't waste my time watching most videos. They're too long. And they, they chew up data, so I'm not into that. I, I listen to things and I read. I read a lot. I read many different uh, news organizations. I have a variety, even those that I know that I'm going to disagree with, I read them anyway just to know what's going on in the world and to give you a more honest assessment, a balanced assessment, and hopefully an accurate assessment. But we need to make more things in the United States. We need people that have a trade. We have a nation of consumers, not builders. You look at it, and I'm saying this, don't read me the wrong way, please. I think you'll understand it. Go to a construction site where houses are still being built, and you have less American tradesmen on the job today than 50 years ago. Why? Because nobody wants to do that kind of work. They want to have a nice indoor cushy job being a marketing analyst for some company, pushing papers, working for government, nice indoor easy job with benefits and and a retirement. But we don't want to make anything anymore. 
a friend of mine was very proud of, of one of their children who has decided to go into a trade. Another listener happened to write that he himself had gone through the process of learning a trade literally starting in high school that has taken well good care of his family for all these years. He said, yeah, it's hard work and you get dirty, but at the end of the day, you feel like you really accomplished something positive. He's a diesel mechanic and his son is going to be going into a trade as well. We need more people going into the trades like we used to have so we can build our own things. The fact that we have so many marketing analysts, uh, people that worry about search engine optimization for websites, I get I get emails every day. We've been to your website, Truth to Ponder, and you could have better SEO results and, and sell more stuff. Well, I'm not selling anything, number one. This website's not there to be a standalone. It's just an auxiliary to a radio program. So I don't need... I don't need S, you know, this search engine optimization or anything else. I don't need a e-commerce platform. I, I don't plan on one because I'm not selling anything. I'm just trying to provide a service to you. And you go there because I tell you where the website is. Our world in the United States, I don't see how we can survive another 10 or 20 years. If nobody wants to make anything, fix anything, or build anything, we've become a disposable economy, totally disposable economy. TV set breaks, throw it away. Back in the day, you repaired it. A radio breaks, you throw it away. They're not even designed to be repaired. An appliance quits, you throw it away. Very seldom do you even repair them anymore. We've lost the ability to take care of our own needs. We've now lost the ability to meet our own energy needs, having to beg OPEC to send more oil to the United States because we cut off pipelines and shut down wells and reserves. We got, we were told back in the 50s and 70s, we're about out of oil. And now we realize we have thousands of years of reserve here in our country alone, and we refuse to use it. That's to make us dependent on a global system. And once you're dependent upon that global system, well, then your sovereignty as a nation will dissolve rather rapidly when you can't do anything any longer. That's one of my biggest complaints right now in this country is we can't make anything. We don't do anything. We're not being as productive as we once were. Sure, back in my day, we had people in sales and marketing, selling things and goods we were making here in the United States. There's a need for all of it. We have plenty of lawyers. If anything, we probably have too many of them out there. We've become a litigious society demanding to be made happy all the time, equal outcomes and all the other nonsense. We have schools that are inserting their right, your rights with your children Saw a story right here in Florida, in Leon County, which doesn't surprise me. That's a state capital, and you get a lot of Democrats and leftists that live near state capitals. That just it just happens that way. Leftists love government, and there, the school district, without telling the parents, were trying to help a young girl hitting puberty, who thought maybe she'd like to be a boy. Work on that process without telling the parents. 
between critical race theory, transgenderism, this mental illness, the satanic mental illness being pushed on our kids today. We're in deep trouble. The church has failed on too many levels. We're not evangelizing anymore. Too many are just existing or or just being happy in our own four walls. Something's going to have to give, and it's going to have to give rather soon. Next week, if you're a Monday through Friday listener, we're going to change some gears, I know. But I just wanted to kind of wind up the week. I'll get into some of the news stories that are going on next week. But I just wanted to get a few things off my chest. Our world is heading for a dramatic change. And Christians are going to have to make a decision to be a part of this new world order or stand apart from it. The Bible is clear. We as Christians are in this world, but we are not of this world. We as Christians need to learn how to make things, do things, build things, and fix things. Take care of our own needs. We need to depart from this increasingly beast-like system. I know we live here, but this is not our home. We need to take care of each other in faith and put our faith solely in Jesus Christ. I can honestly say this program is not exactly everything that I expected it to be today, but these things needed to be said. We need more practical things that we can do. You know, I'll share this before I have to close. Earlier this week, I had a very strange dream. I I don't dream that often, and, and not very vivid ones. It just comes with old age, I guess. But this week I had one that really impacted me and I woke up and it was so real. And and I can't describe it fully, but let's just say that a lot of people that I know today and even some that I've known years ago, a lot of Christian people, suddenly we were gathered together in this one place looking at how to get the good news of the gospel out using radio, television, even the internet, as long as it's available and any way to do it. And instead of being competitors, to be workers in the vineyard together. And I I really feel that that was just a call from God that we need to reach out. I'll tell you more about that on Monday. If you believe in the ministry and you can help us out financially to pay for the airtime bill, our mailing address, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address is Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida, 32536. You can actually find that address on our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. But if you're just writing it down with a pen and paper, uh, paper, once again, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida, 32536. And until next week, when we gather again for the program, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.